2020 episode 207. Have 2020 Vision with Ion 2020, your source for the news and events in the lead up to the 2020 presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date daily until November 2020 with a libertarian perspective on the candidates and their policies along with the news. Thank you for joining me. Now let's clear our vision. So here I am trying to record this episode, and I have... uh, some craziness going on in my house. I have I have two dogs. I have a mid-sized kind of like a mixed pit bull and lab, right? You know, every pit bull is like every mutt that you get at the pound is mixed somehow with a pit bull. So I got this one that's about a medium-sized dog, probably 45, 40 pounds or so, and she's absolutely gorgeous, black, all black fur, really short hair with like white white and uh white spot on her chest with little black dots in it and then I have a little wiener dog little Dotson and uh he is a puppy he's about four or five months old or so and he's very playful but he's sitting here just absolutely annoying the larger dog (laughs) like the larger dog he runs up to her and he'll start nibbling on her ear then he'll start nibbling on her leg and start trying to gnaw on her tail and then they start getting at it just like you know, showing their fangs, and they're not really fighting, because they do this all the time, where they show their fangs, and they uh, start, like, fake fake chewing on each other's faces and stuff. It's really fun to watch, but it's really annoying when you're trying to start a podcast and get it going, so, uh, but I'm going to do my best to record. I'm I'm at home, and uh, I, I sometimes I'll record the podcast in my car, so I can have some complete science. Today, I'm doing it at my house and uh, just trying to make sure that I get you guys a great episode out today. So if you hear any barking in the background, I've tried to separate myself from these two a little bit, but uh, you might hear a little bit of barking in the background because these two are just going at it. I wish that they would calm down because it is later in the evening right now. Usually they do this around like 3, 4 in the afternoon, and they just go crazy. I mean, it's really fun to watch. It's really cute to watch actually sometimes, but... Uh, when you're trying to get something done, like what I'm trying to do now, it's kind of annoying, but hey, that's uh, that's dogs for you, right? I love my dogs, though. love to take them hiking. I like to take them out and doing all kinds of different activities and stuff. Uh, they're really fun to have. But So uh, the, sh- the show that I wanted to bring you guys today is going to be about Elizabeth Warren. Because Elizabeth Warren, you know what she did. She spent the better part of the first hour of the debate trying to deny the fact that there would be additional taxes needing to be raised in order to pay for Medicare for all. So I wanted to bring you guys an episode about that. Is Medicare for all going to cost more money? Is it going to cost more money? Is it going to cost is is it going to cause taxes to go up? Because that's the question they kept asking. They kept saying, "So Elizabeth Ms. Senator Warren as Bernie says, taxes will go up on the middle class. Taxes will go up on everybody to pay for it because it's going to cost $32 million or $32 trillion over the course of uh, 10 years. So $3.2 trillion a year. Are you going to have to raise taxes to pay for it? And she would not answer the question. 
their entire spiel was costs will go down. Costs will go down for the majority of Americans. For anyone that is in the middle class, costs will go down. For the businesses and the rich, they will go up. But costs will go down for the average American. That's what she kept on saying. And that's her talking point. It's uh, pretty annoying because they asked her about four or five times, will you raise taxes? Even Bernie Sanders stood up and said, yes, taxes will have to go up. Taxes will have to go up. And then he, you know, he prefaced it by saying there'll be no co-pays, no um, out-of-pocket expenses, nothing for or no deductibles or anything for anybody through his Medicare for All plan. And that's the same Medicare for All plan that Elizabeth Warren has signed on to, is Bernie's Medicare for All plan, essentially. And then even Pete Buttigieg stepped in and said, this is why Americans hate politicians, because they won't answer questions. They won't answer questions outright. And then he goes as far as he says, and uh, there is a plan that will work, and that's the plan that I have, which is a Medicare for all who want it. And then Elizabeth Warren came back and said, or Medicare for all who want it is really Medicare for all who can afford it. Then she went back on her thing with costs will go down and everything else. But they kept on asking her, and she kept dodging the question. And uh, I, I got to thinking about that, and I was like, why would she keep dodging the question? It's just not a, it's not a palatable thing to bring up that you're going to raise taxes on everybody like everyone's going to look at it and say are you crazy you know because people like the status quo people don't like risks we don't like change and what we have now while it may not be perfect a lot of people are like well it's not it's not changed so i'm not gonna you know i'm I'm not gonna be too unhappy with what i already have and if you're gonna go out and take away everything that i do have uh and possibly i end up paying more in taxes then I'm not going to go. But anyway, people are not going to go for her plan because of that. Yes, it sounds great. It sounds like an idealistic idea to have where the government pays for the single payer. Government pays for everything. Nobody has any out-of-pocket expenses or anything like that. That sounds like a great, grandiose idea. But it's going to be very expensive. And she just will not, she won't admit it. And it's really annoying. So I found an article in The Atlantic that was written October 16, 2019. It says the eye-popping cost of Medicare for All. According to new figures, it says more than the federal more than the federal government will spend over the next wait. According to new figures, Medicare for All will cost more than the federal government spends over the coming decade for Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid combined. So 32, 33 trillion dollars I think is what they were saying it's going to cost oh here it is 34 trillion dollars is what they said it's going to cost and that's more than social security medicare and medicaid combined and she refuses to answer that question but that is a question that if she ended up getting elected to be president she would have to she obviously would not be able to get her plan through because she doesn't have a plan to pay for it and you would have to overhaul the entire government in some way and overhaul the entire tax code you would essentially probably have to add another line into your paycheck on taxes so now you have your regular taxes and you have the ones that go to social security and the ones that goes towards medicare they would probably have to add another one in there that goes towards like health benefits or something 
And then at that point, that money goes to the government. The government pays out anything that is billed to them and so forth. That would probably be the way that it would have to happen, but you would have to have Congress, you would have to get through Congress, and I guarantee you're going to have really minimal support for something like that, whereas something like a Medicare for some, the idea of having a public option might be more palatable to Americans, but a public option was not palatable to, to Americans like four years ago, or even two years ago, it just started to become palatable to Americans, now it's becoming like the mainstream, and that's where... Pete Buttigieg, that's where Kamala Harris, and I think Kamala Harris is actually on board with Medicare for All, but that's where Pete Buttigieg is, that's where um, most of the other people that are on that stage as well, uh, Amy Klobuchar, uh, Joe Biden, like most of those people are on some sort of Medicare for all who, all who want it, and that would be having a public option within the Obamacare exchanges, right? But Pete Buttigieg is the one that brought that up and says this is something we can get done. Now, that would still be hard to get done. You'd have to have Congress and the Senate, or House and the Senate pass something like that for the president to sign the bill. But to me, what I think is going on right now is they're going so far to the left. So, like, they're trying to make an argument for something extreme, which is single payer Medicare for all. They're trying to go with something that's completely extreme so that the other people that are in the middle look more moderate. And if they can move the the frame of reference that Americans have towards what we have now versus Medicare for all, let's meet somewhere in the middle. If that can be the frame of reference in people's minds, then the Democrats win in that. They've moved the bar a little bit more f- further towards the left. They've moved the culture, the thought that people have a little bit more towards the left. And that's what they do constantly. They're experts at that. Libertarians are terrible at the whole moving the bar more towards our direction. Progressives are excellent at that because you can always take the status quo, build some idealistic view, some utopian view of what the world could be like, right? if only government can take over more stuff and then somewhere get 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 the frame of reference changed towards the middle where well you know what let's get somewhere in the middle let's just get medicare for all who can afford it and at that point you get that through and uh, and and my hope is that somehow you could be able to stop something like that because that would be massively expensive and also over the long term it's just going to become another government program that is inefficiently run and so forth. Another inefficiently run program that our government has that's running deficits. They say that Medicare for all would cost $34 trillion over 10 years. So $3.4 trillion a year. Medicare for some, I don't really see numbers on that, but you can assume that that's going to be somewhere around, you know, Anywhere from a hundred billion to a trillion dollars, who knows where that's going to be? But that's the estimates that they have. That's the estimates that they have. And when they do estimates in government, I guarantee you that they're underestimating. They're underestimating the cost. They're underestimating the services. They're underestimating all kinds of stuff. There's lots of assumptions that go into that. And just because the government says that's how it's going to be, is not the way it really comes out to be. I mean, look at Obamacare when it got get started, right? And they had this whole, they had to put together the, um, 
the Obamacare exchange and the entire system got shut down for like two or three months because it was just overburdened. They, what they expected was not what happened. And it got overburdened. They had to keep pushing back the date to start Medicare, start the Obamacare exchanges because the government couldn't keep up. They just weren't ready. That's just the inefficiency of government. There's not the profit motive, so there's no desire to have good service. There's no desire to um, try to get people to come back for more. Things like that. Those are just things that government does not have because there's no profit motive. The service is not there. You can see that in your DMV when you go. There's just not service. If the DMV was going to run efficiently, you could, you could probably figure out ways to make the, the DMV run efficiently, but then somebody else down the road, if they're private DMVs, let's say, someone else down the road would figure out an even more efficient way to do it, and you have efficiencies, and you have de better service, and you have different things that different DMV companies would do in order to bring people in. Free candy, free soda, free this, or, you know, great service, or we have quick service. Like, there's all kinds of things that you'd be able to do in order to get people to come in. But now you have a one-size-fits-all plan. That's how the government works, though. There's no profit motive. They're very slow to react to new things, to new ways of doing things. So, and that's what we want. That's what the Democrats want from our medical system at that point. If medical system was run by, like schools were, then this is how it would be. Just think about it. You move into a neighborhood, right? And you're zoned to go to this hospital or this doctor's office. And then you go to that hospital and that doctor's office, and it just happens to not be a good one. There's lots of wait times, things like that. The doc, the the um, the doctors are underpaid. Like the teachers under are underpaid. They're un, all unhappy because they're not getting paid very much money, and they're overworked. Like that's just the way that it would be. And because the way that the school system is, you can assume that that's similar to how how the medical system might be. I don't know. But you're not going to have the choice that you have today if that was the case. So Elizabeth Warren, she wants Medicare for all, for everybody. So, And then this is what she says. She says the costs will come down that you have. So let's say, let's just take me, for example, and my family. I'm not sure exactly how much we pay for our health insurance premiums every single month, but let's just use a number and say, let's just pretend we pay $600 per month for our insurance. So let's say we pay $7,200 per year for our insurance, right? And then we would pay some out-of-pocket expenses here and there. I think we have a 20... A $1,500 deductible, maybe $2,000. Let's just use a $2,000 deductible. So we pay $7,600 plus $2,000 deductible. That's going to cover us for pretty much everything. So we have a, a maximum out of pocket of, let's say, $11,000 or so total that we'd pay every single year. So if the federal government stepped in and said, all right, well, you pay $11,000 total for what you have now, including your premiums and your deductibles and all the different you know co-payments and things like that right so let's say my number is eleven thousand dollars that i pay every single year for my family and they said we're just going to do it so 
you take $11,000 that's pulled out of your paycheck and at that point, that'll be what your health insurance is. It'll stay at $11,000. It'll go up by like 2 or 3% a year and that's it. And that's how much you'll pay. Let's just say they said that to me. I would still go with the current system that we have now. Because I'm a libertarian, obviously, I believe that the government should be minimized, minimalized and the government should be limited, right? But the main thing is this. Even if the government could be a better payer of medical services than me and my private insurance company, even if that is the case, they could be a better payer. But the thing is, is at that point, I'm stuck with what they're willing to pay for, the services that they're willing to pay for. At that point, all of the services that I get are being paid for by a single payer, right? So they're being dictated on what they're going to be willing to be, you know, what they're able to bill out and how much they're able to get for each service. So what does the company do that's giving those services out? They stop taking as many people. They stop taking as many patients. They try to maximize everything within that office. So you end up getting less service, worse service, and so forth because there's a single payer who's paying them 60 cents on the dollar what they normally would have got paid in a private system. That's what we have to look forward to if we're going to be in a situation where the government was the single payer for all health care is lacking of like the lack of service from the service providers. A doctor is going to be overworked even more than they are now. There's already a system in place where all the medical billing and stuff has caused a huge bureaucracy and doctors have to consolidate into these larger organizations and then they're, you know, they get like 10 minutes per per patient per day or something like that. Like there's already these high numbers that they have to deal with versus just hey I'm the doctor, I have a nurse, and we have a receptionist, and you come in, you see me, you see my nurse, you see me, we get through the office. If you need a little bit more of my time, I can give it to you. No, they're always trying to move through as fast as they can. Imagine a Medicare for all system where, I mean, I don't know exactly how it would be. That's the thing. We don't know exactly how it would be. You can imagine how it would be it might end up being perfect, who knows? But all of the glory that they talk about it as, all of the things that they say about it, especially politicians, when they talk about something, how great it's going to be, just think back to what I said about the Obamacare exchange when it got going. All of a sudden, I think they had to sign up like 10 million people and the entire system goes down. Like they couldn't do it, they couldn't keep up. Just think about all the inefficiencies of government that would come out in a situation like that. I just, I mean, they talk about it as if it's going to be a utopia where nobody goes bankrupt because of medical issues. Nobody has any problems with paying for medical bills. Everything's going to be great. They don't talk about wait times. They don't talk about services being denied because you're already sick. They don't talk about services being denied because they had to cut the budgets. They don't talk about services being denied because the damn doctor is way too overburdened. You can't get an appointment for six months. 
they don't talk about the hospitals that get shut down because they can't afford to stay open anymore because they're out in the rural areas. And they're already on a tight budget as it is when Medicare and Medicaid is paying 60 cents in the dollar and they depend upon the private insurance companies that are going to pay a little bit more. They can't, I mean, they don't talk about that. The reality is things like that are going to happen though, guys. That's the reality. Do you want to be dependent upon the federal government for this stuff? I don't. I would say this. There are some challenges with the system that we have, but our system, they say, this is what the liberals would say about our system. Oh, this is the free market gone, gone amok. This is the free market. Look at it. It's just terrible what the free market has done. The, the, the system that we have now is not the free market. There is so much regulation within Medicare. There's, or the medical community. There's so much regulation in the pharmaceutical industry. There's so much regulation in the hospital industry, in the doctor's industry. There's so much regulation from the, you know, from the, from from ever, from all over the place. There's just regulations, and then there's the bureaucracy that goes along with that as well. And like I, I've even heard the situation where, like, there's a. The American Medical Association, I think it is, that gives the doctors the licenses. Like, they only give out a certain amount of licenses per year. They, and if you're going to go to medical school, they only accept a certain number of doctors per year. Nursing programs they only accept a certain amount of nurses per year. Things like that happen. And we have a shortage of doctors, a shortage of nurses, a shortage of, a shortage of nurse practitioners. And you get into a situation with that because of the bureaucracy that goes on, because of the the government regulation. We can have a system that is free of regulation on the insurance side and on the services side. You could have a situation that there is less regulation and that would cause prices to go down. They would certainly cause prices to go down. So... Elizabeth Warren and her idea of Medicare for all, it's not going to get through. If you had Elizabeth Warren as president, if you had Bernie Sanders as president, they still have to deal with the Congress. They still have to deal with the House of Representatives and the Senate to get it through. And something like that would obviously end up being challenged at the Supreme Court level as well. But the Supreme Court has kind of made it known that they would call it a tax of some sort, right? It's a medical tax, and then the government just pays, uses that money towards paying for people's medicine. So it would probably end up not being considered unconstitutional in that way, even though it most likely is. But anyway, we're, we would be in, it would just be a bad situation if it got through, but it wouldn't get through. So you don't have to worry about that. The thing that you do have to worry about is the creep. The creep of the federal government into your lives through... Hey, let's just meet them in the middle. Hey, well, you know what? Let's just have a public option. Hey, let's just have Obamacare. You know, Obama, yeah, let's just make it the law of the land that you have to have medicine. You have to have medical insurance. That's the law. Medical insurance is the law. Because everyone knows that the only good way to pay for medical or me, medical services is through insurance, right? There's no other option for that. That's like them passing a law that says if you're going to go on 
a vehicle, it has to be a car. You can't have a bike, a skateboard, a truck. It has to be a car. There's only one good way to get 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 around, and that's by car. So that's the law of the land now. There's only one good way to pay for medicine, that's insurance. So they make it a law through Obamacare that you have to carry insurance. You have to go through an exchange of some sort and buy insurance, no matter what. And you know what? There'll be subsidies if you can't afford it, but you have to have it. You have to have insurance. Ten years later, we're sitting there thinking they're now running on either fixed Obamacare because it was a failure, or it was a failure, throw it out, let's have Medicare for all, or, you know, it was a failure, the private insurance companies did not step up and provide what we need, so let's have Medicare for some. That's what happens. You have the creep. That's what we need to worry about. The government creeping further and further into our lives. So Elizabeth Warren, I, this is back to the election side of it. I don't think that she's going to be elected because she really did fumble that with not being willing to say that taxes are going to go up. She fumbled it. She absolutely did. They're saying that Pete Buttigieg is going to be the next guy, like he's going to be the one that's going to start rising in the polls. He has already slowly been rising in the polls in the first place. I think this will give the extra motivation for them to to, you know, maybe vote for him. So he might start moving up. He might start challenging Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden and start pulling some of the uh, voters away from Elizabeth Warren. Who knows? But that is, that I don't know. I mean, it's too far out to see. Somebody I heard say that at this point in an election, you have a 50-50 shot of choosing, of saying who the nominee is going to be. So, like, it's very slim chance of, one of these front runners that are the front runners now to become the next president or the next not next president but the next democratic nominee uh for president so we'll see what happens but uh i'm gonna go ahead and close up the show guys i just wanted to bring that to you because elizabeth warren she was so dodgy on that question i think that's going to be a hindrance to her going forward it certainly is that's all i've heard talked about i'm actually looking at a news story right now on tv and that's what it's about that's what it's about so um Elizabeth Warren being dodgy. So we'll see if that helps her out or not. She'll probably start trying to uh, fix that, and we'll see if it works for her. Uh, if she can you know, explain that the taxes are going to go up in a way that seems palatable to Americans. I doubt that would be the case. We're pretty apprehensive. We're, we're, we're the type of people in America that we don't really like taxes too much. So we'll see what happens. But I'm going to go ahead and close up the show, guys. I appreciate you listening to the show every day. I'm trying to do this Monday through Friday for you. I've done it every day since January Uh on a Monday through Friday, I haven't missed a day yet. Even though I go on vacation, I still kind of record the shows beforehand. So I appreciate you bearing with me, though. And uh, I'm going to, like I, like I always say, I'm going to keep on doing this through November 2020. I'm not sure what I'm going to do after that. But um, keep on listening, okay, if you can. And uh, if you want to, you can go and follow me, Ray, or you can email me, Ray at IamTheEmpire.com. You can follow me at IamTheEmpire.com. You can check me out Twitter and Facebook as well by typing that in also. And then come on back tomorrow and you'll have clear vision for 2020. Okay, it's official. First Year in Sales with Ray Eaton. The website is up, firstyearinsales.com, as well as the podcast, First Year in Sales. So, if you know somebody or if you 
happen to be in sales, you might as well go ahead and check this thing out, right? Because it is going to help you become a better salesperson by grounding you with the habits and the skills needed to be successful in sales, especially in your first year. But even if you're not in your first year, might as well check it out because then you'll be able to get back to the basics and getting back to the basics is key in sales. I've always felt that way. So go ahead and check it out. First year in sales is ready and it's a podcast and you can do firstyearinsales.com.